You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to my top five podcast where it's our duty to disagree with personal preference. I am your host, Fleur Shomo. And I'm your co-host, Luke Shomo. Luke! Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited today because... Um, kind of, of excited. Who I get, kind of excited. I'm because very of who excited. Our guest is. We have the Euros coming up this summer. Yes. Um, obviously, they were delayed from 2020, RIP to 2020. A soccer tournament um, for those who aren't in yes, the know. Yes, the European Cup championship as a, as whatever the hell it is as a tour um, they're just known as the euros so they're coming up very excited about it anyway because i am we were kind of about... worried that it wasn't going to happen because of uh yeah COVID. absolutely um it's really funny because uh boris johnson who's the prime minister of the uk outlined um they're basic they, they've been in lockdown they were in lockdown right. um and he they set out a bunch of dates um on their route out of lockdown and one of them was everything will be open and life will be fabulous <laughs> around june 20th i think it yeah. was um and the third england match which takes place at wembley is on june 22nd i think ah so conveniently um, right before so conveniently imagine the scenes in the streets Are, because is england hosting for everyone this so Euros? this time usually it's in one place right yeah, well, there was a country that was going to be hosting it, but they got so far behind on building their stadiums that uh, they were like, you know what, we're just going to split it up around everyone because I think it's like 100 years or something. Oh, they're not splitting Euros. it as a COVID thing. It's just a... No, of, it's okay. literally because of whoever was meant to be hosting it. So gotcha. um, there are, will be a lot of games in England. I think a lot of countries get to play their matches in their own countries. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, it looks epic. Um, yeah. So England are obviously playing a lot of matches at Wembley. And then the semi-finals and the final will be at Wembley in England. Oh, that's cool. So they epic. do get the the last big stages. So if England get to the, it's the finals, I will be... It's literally coming home. It's literally yeah, it's coming, coming home. home and I will be flying home and just, you know, hopefully not having to quarantine and uh, be singing Free Lions all the way that. on the plane. So um, So that leads us to our guest today. Yeah. Today's guest is Mr. Stu Holden. Hello, Stu. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I feel very honored to be here. And also, I, I feel in great company here. I see guitars in the back there, Flora, and then I also yes. see a Columbus Crew 96 scarf. Yes. So I, I feel somewhat at home now. I didn't just put this up for you. I want you to know that. This, ha this is <laughs> hanging in my basement. This is not This is not a new just for Stu. Also, Flora, I need to mention, I love how you said his name, by the way. Stu, I'm a big fan Stu. of that. Stu, yeah. My, that that you, I thought that that was my mom on the podcast for a minute because... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into it, but I, I was born in Scotland, and so I grew up a stew, and now I'm a stew. Um, stew. And, you know, difference in pronunciations, but uh, I still, when I hear Stuart, I'm, I think of my mom, like, somewhere around here yelling at me. Was going to ask if your parents were Scottish, like, or were they American and over there? But that kind of answers that question, I guess. Yeah, no, uh, we were all born in Scotland, actually. So uh, mom, English, uh, sorry, mom, Scottish, dad, English, moved to gotcha. Scotland. All the kids born in Scotland. Dad was in oil. And then we moved to Texas, where there's Best a lot of oil. And, yeah. <laughs> a lot of oil there. Yeah, and, and never looked back. And, and quite frankly, I, I 
uh, I'm forever proud of my Scottish heritage, but I do consider myself American uh, now, uh, which is well. Which you is moved weird. very young, didn't you? How old were yeah. you? Like ten-ish or something? Ten years so. old. Yeah. So uh, the you still have a, a very strong accent living here. I'm yeah. assuming you came later in life, but I, I moved at ten. So my first year, I was like had the Scottish accent, and I was the cool kid. And like I used to get all the girls at ten years old, and they're like, "Who's this?" <laughs> You know, who's this foreign kid? And then after a year, it was like I, I had an American accent and then nobody started talking to me because I was just like everybody else. Oh, man. Yeah, That's that funny. sucks. Yeah, I do. I do like to fit. Whenever we go back to England, I always feel really a lot less special. I'm like, ah, oh, no, I'm not yeah. different here. <laughs> OK, so you were born in Scotland, moved to America. Was that was that a huge culture shock at that age? Because um, Texas is pretty wild. Like yeah, from it was it's pretty wild in general. From Scott from a Scottish lad to a oh, Yeehaw Texan in like yeah. this, you know. I, I, I still remember the day actually our parent my parents told us that we were moving. Like we they, they set us up with this like extravagant we're gonna go to Disneyland in Florida and then we're going to go to Texas and look at houses because we're moving. I was like, no, I don't want to leave. And then, you know, I get off the plane and I'm sure we'll get into this because I played soccer for a living and I always wanted to play soccer. But, you know, the Scottish kid, like the British kid, the British accent goes a long way in, 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 in this country with like soccer clout. And I remember yeah. getting off the plane and basically like my dad said, you have three tryouts coming up for all these teams. They want you to be on their team. So I ended up in this tournament in Beaumont, Texas in 110 wow. degrees, pasty Yikes. white Scottish kid. Oh and you know, <laughs> then it starts raining and it's hot. Then the humidity comes. And then at, uh, at the end of the first game, we went to McDonald's and it was like my first experience with McDonald's. Uh, and so, let's, yeah, let's that's get like you some stuck. grease. Get you some good <laughs> yeah. grease going. Fill me up with some grease to get yeah. me through this incredible weather climate change I was uh, throwing so myself into. Um, so you funny. mentioned that you played, I mean, you came back to play in England, um, but you had tryouts at a young age over in the UK um, when you were like 14, 15. Um, how old were you when you actually came over and signed for like uh, Sunderland? Yeah, so I, I was 19 when I came back wow. there, and uh, so I was. I, I went to college for one year, Clemson University, and I always, like I said, I, I was just so one-track mind on I'm going to be a professional soccer player. Nothing is going to stop me from getting there, and then it all kind of started to come together with you know hard work and all that you know all the cliche good stuff. And I, I found myself in England, and honestly, I had this moment of like I made it, and that just kind of felt like it, like. I've done it. I've, I've achieved my dream. And I started partying and started just kind of getting away from actually what got me there. And then mm -hmm. I had this incident when I was in Sunderland back in the UK where I had a couple too many drinks, was out one night. Been um, there. Been there. Yeah. And then uh, I, I got blindside punched by a amateur boxer on the street and oh my fractured gosh. my eye socket. And I had double Holy vision, ended cow. up having for like three months. And uh, I ba I lost my contract there at the end of that, and mm -hmm. it kind of gave me this massive wake up call in my career of hey don't don't squander this, don't throw away this incredible opportunity that you've worked so hard your entire life for. So then I ended up coming back to the states before I then went back to the UK and uh, when I was a little bit more mature and and uh, professional in my career. <laughs> it's a good thing yeah, that was your wake up call and not a uh, not something more significantly worse for your I, life. I, I know could have it was almost like just just bad enough to where yeah. you know I tried coming back the first time after three months and I would see two balls in the air and I didn't know which oh. one was which because I Man, you know my eyes had nuts. to like 
like retrain themselves. Um, and That's so, yeah, I, I consider myself very lucky that it was just close enough of a scare to kind of relatively give me the, lucky. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so she could be an amateur boxer. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you came back, you played for Houston for a while um, and then you went back and signed with Bolton Wanderers. And I mean, you were a huge star for them. So was that like, was that your this is I've made it moment? Because I mean, yeah. I read articles that said you you single handedly almost saved the club with your playing. So oh, you want, can you send those to me? I need to frame those. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on your backdrop. You know, any any time I'm having like a down moment, I just like start going back in the archives and reading those articles. I mean, I I don't know which ones you're talking about, Fleur, but yeah, you know, they, they sound really which great. Which ones specifically? Are you <laughs> no, I mean. So when I started playing in Houston and we had some success as a team and my career individually started to then take off and I got in the national team and then it felt kind of right to go back and really challenge myself in what was the best league and still is the best league in the world, the, the Premier League. and. Yeah. Landed in Bolton. Uh, I have some deep family history there. My dad was born half an hour from there. My grandpa lived uh, in Wigan, you know, 15 minutes wow. away from Bolton. And so Wigan. it just kind of felt right, you know, and it all feels kind of like the pieces fit together. And yeah, I had I played the best, best soccer of my career. We as a team were in fifth place in the Premier League uh, at the time. Man. I, You know, we had wow. the World Cup in 2010. And it was I was just kind of in this euphoric state again where... Any game that I played, I was just going in with this extreme confidence and felt like in any given moment I could play against the best players in the world. And, you know, right. you're playing against Gerard one week and then Lampard yeah. and Fabregas. Jeez, and, you know, nuts, the, man. it was so uh, it was so cool and so, uh, an experience that I'm so grateful for, even though, you know, what came after that with injuries and stuff kind of left a somewhat sour taste but it's cool mm. to be able to sit there with my daughter and say i used to play in that league. no kidding <laughs> what was the was the, a tough choice for you for your international team like how, how did that process go for you like playing for the u.s or did you have like were you able to choose i i'm, I'm always interested yeah. in that process no, it's kind of interesting because when i moved to the states at 10 when you're, you're playing in America and you're growing up there, it, there's still a little bit of snobbery when it comes to the UK. Right. Uh, sorry, Fleur. You know, you know, you've, you know, football is like it's invented by the Brits. So, you know, oh, there's, it's, it's, yeah, yeah it's like yeah. we know best when it comes to football. Uh, so, you know, it's <laughs> true. Some like some American kid that with a British passport was not getting a lot of, mm. uh, you know, talk back in the UK. Although then when I was getting linked with the national team uh, here in the US, there was a report that came out that Alec McLeish, who was the manager of Scotland at the time, was was looking at me. But it was never more than that. I never had a phone okay. call. I never had I anything official through my agent. And then I got the call up from the US to represent them in the Gold Cup in 2009. And I'd played in the American youth teams and it just right. felt right. You know, Good. and my, my yeah. first game actually for the U S was on July 4th. And, uh, oh, so wow. like you, it can't get much more American than that. I'm standing there with the heart, you know, my hand over my heart and it just felt, it just That's, felt right. You know, and that everything is American right there. That is very American. That's um, you awesome. mentioned some world cups. You play obviously played in 2010. Um, and you also played in the Olympics as well. I saw an interview you did where, um, you said you scored the opening goal against, uh, Japan in the Beijing Olympics. How yeah, was the, that? The Olympics were, I, I don't know. It's so, it's so hard to describe because actually here in the U.S., the Olympics is many ways to casual sports fans is bigger than the World Cup. Whereas, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, in, in the soccer world, like the World Cup is the pinnacle of right. anybody's career. And it's actually on the men's side. It's an under 23 tournament. But 
uh, when I went over there and made the team and we had the opening match, my parents flew over and my dad who passed uh, 11 years ago now. So he was that he, that was in 2008. He passed in 2009, which I think makes it a little bit more special mm. for me too, because so, you know, my mom tells this story of the opening game. We're playing against Japan. Um, the game is 0-0. It's the 65th minute. And I scored the opening goal with like this left-footed shot. And it's trickled into the back of the net. I'm not even sure it hit the back of the net because the goalie <laughs> kind of saved it. But it was over the line. Hey, if and it crossed like that this, line, that's all Yeah, it's over the line. It counts, man. Nobody, you know, yeah. nobody sees we'll get it. get that goal uh, line tech now. We'll make sure it's in. So God there's this massive dog pile. <laughs> And, you know, I, it, I, it's one of those moments you black out. Like I blacked out. I don't remember really any of it. But my mom tells the story where her and my dad are in the stands and they had like this slowing down of everything and they kind of look at each other and there's like this pause and then like a big hug and tears oh and like gosh. jumping up and down. And the way my mom describes it is that they were like essentially you know, in this, like, it's almost like everything else turns to black and white in, in, in a movie type setting. And that, like, every time my mom tells that story, I just want to start crying because it's so, yeah. it, it means a lot to me because I know my parents put so much in for me be, to be able to achieve my dreams and do what I did and have the career that I did. So to think in some way I could repay that by providing some type of moment like that, it's Man. it's one that, that sticks with me forever. That is cinematic. That is very cinematic. That's, That's awesome. wild. Wow. Um, you, I mean, we've spoken, we've touched on the uh, major tournaments. You guys won the, the Gold Cup in 2013. Am I making that up? Yep. Yeah, no, no, you yeah, got 2013. It, yeah. Um, what what to you is the pinnacle? Is it World Cup? Is it the Gold Cup? Is it the Olympics? Like you said, because a lot of people in America, they're just now yeah. really getting into football. So well, the, the Gold Cup kind of stunk for me in the end because uh, in the final I tore my ACL. Um, oh, no. oh man! And Jeez. so that that was kind of like, and honestly, that was my. If I think about it now, I think that was my last professional game. So mm. um, because I, I tried to come back after that, and then I tore my ACL again, and then I tore it one more time Jeez. and one more time. I think I tore it four times. How old were you at the wow. time when the first? ACL I was tore? so at twenty thirteen, seven years ago. I was twenty eight or twenty nine. Um, so it, pretty brutal. young in soccer yeah. terms, yeah. like uh, for for that, but. Uh, the the world cup and the olympics dev and and when i when i think back and i talk about my career which uh i i don't do that often honestly i kind of now have found ways to like compartmentalize the really good stuff and not the other stuff but it's it's fun to reminisce like it's fun to sit sure. here and talk about those things because playing in the world cup we played against england um, i know <laughs> uh, <laughs> we won the group um, i know yeah, like that. That is like a, an experience. Like not just the games alone. Like it, 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 what went into that as a team. It's like a six-week thing with training camps and fitness and visiting the White House and you know traveling together, being on the in these hotels and all these moments. It was, it was the best single singular experience I've had in my life. And I would say the Olympics was a close second, but the the, the World Cup is. I sit. I, I got to cover it as a broadcaster last year. Oh, two years ago in Russia yeah. and it was really cool because then I saw all the other teams experiencing what we had had and you just realize how massive it is globally it's it's oh, uh, it's yeah. really crazy. So huge. honestly it takes over our lives well mine especially for like a, <laughs> a month I literally do nothing else <laughs> same with the it Euros is, I get so invested That's for sure. so yeah. yeah I literally was at work L last time I was at, uh, at the Russia one I was at work and I just had had the, and everyone knew to just not bother me they were like okay you're in work so you've been paid 
but we're not going to question <laughs> that you're just watching I the know. World Cup. <laughs> it kind of stinks that, like, even in Qatar 22, it's it's going to be early wake up. Like, the first game yeah. is going to kick off. Uh, well, yeah. you guys are East Coast time at least so uh west coast the first game i think is going to start at 4 a.m um how do you feel about qatar though because i'm kind of like they're changing it to december and i I, i'm very about tradition so i Mm -hmm. hate that we're now not having it in the summer and it's going to be winter and it'll affect like the premier league and stuff how do you how do you feel about that (laughs) yeah and it's it's hotter than the sun (laughs) i I probably have to be somewhat careful knowing that i'll actually be there in two years and uh everything that i say is we're not criticizing <laughs> I, I Qatar. Was, I'm just saying, is it weird to change tradition? No, I, I'm totally with you because you're right. I'm, I'm a traditionalist as well in the World Cup. Uh, historically, it has been a summer tournament, and that's where, yeah. to me, it lives. And, and also... I, I feel, in, and if you're English, which you are, uh, you should feel hard done by because England were actually beat out by Qatar for the tournament. And I, yeah. I don't like that FIFA... You, you know, allowed uh, a a nation to win the World Cup and then change the rules by saying, "Oh, well, your bid was a summer bid, but we're going to let you move it to the winter now." Right. Yeah, that's yeah. Because I other get that. countries would have bid for for different things, and uh, the, anyways. But what I will say is, I think um, it's going to be an amazing World Cup. Uh, oh, it'll yeah, be the absolutely. first World Cup because where they're essentially going to have like a, a centralized village type World Cup Olympic Village where you'll be able to drive from one location to all stadiums uh, with no more than an hour and a half drive. So Uh in some cases, we think we'll be able to do multiple games on the same days by driving in and out and going to different stadiums. And, you know, the stadiums are going to be incredible. Never mind all the, you know, the human rights stuff that has gone on. Are you, are you, so you'll be actually flying there and covering it? Uh, to my knowledge, yes, as of now. <laughs> Who knows what life could be like, I if, guess, at that if point. If my yeah, bosses are true. listening, I, I I would love to continue doing sure. that. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Fleur. No, I was just going to say, so did you go to, like, actually Russia and stuff? Because obviously yeah, like, and, commentators do, but I didn't know if that was something that you... And that, you and that was, like, when when I think about my second career, my, my second life as a broadcaster, that was the greatest experience I've had, mm. too, because we were doing... Uh, Russian red eyes, which mean like you're leaving at 2 a.m. Russian time, landing at 6. And so we would do a game the night before in, say, Sochi, where the Olympics were, a beautiful you know, city on the coast of Russia. And we'd finish the game at 11 p.m., go to the airport, get a, get some food, take the Russian red eye to 2 a.m., land at 5, go to the hotel, sleep for like two hours, three hours, wake up and go do another game. We were doing back-to-back-to-back games and Amazing. traveling throughout the whole country. And it was like a 40-day <laughs> just extravaganza. Um, yeah. And it, But it, I'm, when I, I'm like the guy where I'm, when I'm in something and I, you know, my energy is flowing and I'm, I'm, I'm like, let's just go, let's hit it. And like, let's hit it a million miles per hour. If you haven't, gathered that from my energy yet. <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i was gonna ask like what the what was the transition like from a player to being an analyst was that was that challenging or natural for you or did you always kind of have that in the back of your mind yeah i i actually got a call from a uh, who a, a really good friend of mine now who's who's now a he's a producer he was a producer mm-hmm. at the time and i joke with him that he called me in the locker room after i tore my acl in 2013 i think he sent me a text being like hey uh, so sorry about your acl would you like doing tv and Interesting. Uh, i i said yeah i was always the teammate that guys would say 
whenever the camera's around, Stu will do an interview or like <laughs> I'd try and I'd find the camera on any picture. And I just like doing that stuff. Yeah. And um, I, I would say when I, when I was, when I had the injury, I started to seriously consider, okay, my career might be over. Mm. What can I do next? What, what comes next for me? And I started trying uh, broadcasting and I dipped my toe in while I was still rehabbing an ACL and I figured out that I loved it. Now the actual transition itself was a lot harder when I sure. said, okay, this is going to be my full-time career because I had to transition in my head from I'm the athlete to now I'm the broadcaster. Right. And it was tough to go to games because something as simple as like smelling the grass or like seeing the guys play these five V two games or, you know, the, watching them train and smelling the sweat like stuff like that and hearing the crowd and seeing the bright lights just it really kind of made me a little depressed because i realized yeah. that i just couldn't do that anymore right. and my my body just couldn't handle it and once i got to that point and said look i know you want to do that and that's what you've done your whole life but you just can't physically do it and it's time to now move forward and i've i've been able to re-identify myself as you know a broadcaster now and think back and i i was a soccer player but uh, and i'm very proud of that but now i don't see myself as like like it does feel like a different life it's, right. it's kind of crazy to explain that's cool that's really cool amazing um so this is the my top five podcast um we're going to ask you what subject you wanted to discuss and why uh, I want to do top five soccer moments, football moments. It's and, fitting. Oh, it's got to be a surprise. It's <laughs> oh, soccer guy. I, I wrestled with a couple. Like I, w I was thinking about top five parenting moments or, Ooh, yeah. you know, because uh, I've had some hilarious and crazy ones as a dad already, a dad of two. And then I just settled on, you know, like stick in your wheelhouse for now sure. and maybe get a little adventurous that, you know, later in life here. <laughs> we'll, have you, we'll have you back and you can talk about parenting someday. That's so funny. I love um, it. I'm we'll, start, uh, we'll start at five. We'll work our way down to one. Um, Luke, do you want to start today? Sure, I can go first. Um, so I am a Tottenham fan, a Tottenham supporter. That's Sorry my, about uh, that. I know. It's a rough <laughs> sled right now that we are on. Yeah. Um, I have always been into soccer. I will say I didn't grow up being a big soccer fan. It wasn't... I was you know, into football and, and, uh, basketball and everything else. So then I would say later in life, like college is kind of when I started getting into, into soccer. And so I always was into like the world cups and playing FIFA and all that stuff. I never really had any ties. And then we ended up going over to England and actually hanging out with Fleur's family. And her brother-in-law is just a diehard Tottenham supporter. So I was like, okay, I finally have some connection. I didn't want to be some like front runner fan, just pick some, you know, I'm going to just pick Man United or something. So I ended <laughs> up getting really into Tottenham. Just, I was like, okay, here's a connection. I'm going to like fully commit to this. And so we actually got to go see them play at Wembley. So that's my number five is getting to see them play at Wembley uh, against Bournemouth um, in 2018. And they won five, nothing. It was just an absolute yeah, beat say, down yeah. of a match. <laughs> Um, but being at Wembley was super cool, man. I mean, that it's just such a, like, that stadium iconic. is so epic and iconic. So getting to experience was that. The, that was that the original uh, Wembley or the new Wembley? The new Wembley, new Wembley. New Wembley but okay. um, yeah, it, it, so yeah, not, not maybe the super duper iconic, but some awesome moments in there. So just getting to be in the And it was on like, Boxing Day It was well. on Boxing oh, Day. Yeah. So it was very, football, day. very yeah. football. Very I felt very English at the for being an American. It was it was just a really awesome experience. It was the season that Tottenham actually played their home matches in Wembley because they were building their new stadium. Um, so it was just, I don't know, 
don't know, it felt super epic to be able to be in that stadium. And then it was a 5-0 just beat down. So we were just drinking and <laughs> yeah. getting we it, you know. So much. <laughs> we went out to the pub after. It was just everything British and wonderful. And yeah, I was just it, so about that's it. That's the experience, so, you know. Yeah, that, that you got it, the proper footballing experience. I was fully indoctrined. I was like, man, this is just everything I could have ever wanted. So it was epic. It was super great. So that's my number yeah. five. Easy number five. Easy number five. Um, yeah. I'm going to come in on number five and say uh, the tournament that really really got me into um football and obviously everybody yes i mean soccer if you're listening i'm just gonna say football (laughs) um was euro 96 so i do have a couple of moments from euro 96 on here from me um i've got to bring i I attended that tournament actually because i was still yeah i did yeah i remember i went to watch bulgaria play uh england i think i might be right but uh, yeah, yeah I don't want to step Bulgaria. on your top five here, but yeah. No, no, please insert with those stories because I was I did not manage to go to that. Um, but my favorite player of all time is Mr. Alan Shearer. Um, I'm not a Newcastle supporter, but Alan Shearer has always been my favorite footballer. Yeah, <laughs> um, and just the magic between Shearer and Sheringham in the uh, the Euros that year was absolutely magical. In I'm just going to say number five for me is um, in the group stage we played Holland. And we beat them 4-0. Four, four and we just smashed them. And Shearer got two goals and Sheringham got two goals. And I just remember watching that match and just being like, this is this is the dream. This is football. Yeah. This it, is it wasn't I, Gareth Southgate missing a penalty then, was it? No, oh. no. Oh. I've spoken about that before. <laughs> um, that yeah, that we, came a bit later. We've talked about that on the podcast. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I've spoken about that heartbreak uh, in the semis. But... Um, yeah, no, bless, bless Southgate, poor guy. Um, oh, poor no, I'm, I'm starting with the good memories from Euro 96, yeah. which is that we were actually scoring goals and winning. So um, I'm just funny. dipping my toes in there really quickly to say that Shearer and Sheringham, but Alan Shearer, best, oh, best footballer. A what a yeah, legend. Incredible. What a, what a finisher. Is he still at the top of the Premier scoring or is Harry Kane? Yeah, no, yeah, he's, he's yeah. still Yeah, he's still, and he's still yeah. like, I think Aguero's second, if I'm, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. I think off so the top too. Of my head. Yeah. I, I think he, and, and then even then you look at like the, the gap and it's, oh, it's yeah, massive. It's so big. He's like yeah. miles ahead. I think, yeah. I think if Harry stays on this insane pace, it's projected that he could catch him, but it's Shearer's way out there. I that's think. my, that's my Shearer. That's yeah. Yeah. Big <laughs> okay five for you Steve. um my my fifth one and this was really hard by the way um oh I you bet. And I, I, you've from. actually lived yeah, it <laughs> i actually sent out a tweet this morning saying that i was gonna be on uh, uh, uh you know the podcast and talking about top five and i had so many people um writing back and i was like I overwhelmed that. by all the other ones i was like oh man those are some of my favorites too yeah um but I, I decided to go for personal ones, uh, which yes. obviously it is my top five. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, my fifth I'm coming in with as a broadcaster was doing Zlatan Ibrahimovic's first game in Major oh, League Soccer. And the Galaxy? Did so you? Yeah. The, the reason it was, yeah, for the Galaxy. And the reason yeah. it was so special to me um, was because there was all this buildup and hype around Zlatan signing for the Galaxy. And... He was a big money signing and he, you know, he bought, he got off the plane like the week before and the galaxy said like, we don't want you to play because it's too soon. But it was against LAFC, like their first year, you know, brand new team, big cross uh, city rival. And Zlatan's like told the coaches, I'm playing in this game. And they're like, okay, we're going to keep you on the bench. So the game starts, LAFC are winning at galaxy's place. It's a packed stadium. You remember those days? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and is. they're they're down. I think two zero, uh, 
and then it was 3-0, and then the Galaxy scored a goal, and then Zlatan comes into the game, and they're down two now, and the stadium is just has this feeling, and as a broadcaster, you just... You had this feeling that something special was about to oh, happen. Anticipation. And so he good. comes on and you're like, he's not, there's no way. Like he, he can't, they can't come back from this, right? Well, what does he do? He scores a goal from 45 yards away. I remember that goal. It like insane. sticks it in the back of the net. And then well, everybody's like wowing. Oh my gosh, this is incredible. What does he do? He scores another goal and ties it. And then uh, you're thinking that's it, right? And then just as a broadcaster in that moment, your energy is off the charts and the stadium was just buzzing and people were going nuts. And then in the last minute, it's like a cross comes across and Zlatan just dunks on a guy at the back post and heads it home and a hat trick and they win 4-3. Like it could not have been, wait, I think that was his second goal, I think. And that was, you know, it was just the most incredible moment. And uh, that was the top five for me, 100%. Is, Zlatan is just so much bigger than this thing. He's just incredible. Yeah. yeah, he's bigger than everything. Like the fact that he, of all people, came and did that, like, after, like he's just, for any listeners or anyone that doesn't know him, he's just the most, like, he, I think it's kind of a character, but I think he really is too, like, very full of himself. But to come yeah. in and just be the most epic like scoring i'm gonna win this game in the yeah, most and epic now way I think so about is Laton. just because my memory was so blurred on that i feel like he only had two but they were the last two and they they yeah. tied it and they and he won it with that last one I but think you're yeah right. you're right if, but he's just so confident confident and yeah. cocky that it was like he was almost like what did you expect yeah. you know it's like of course i'm gonna do this, this. is what i'm of here course. for <laughs> yeah he's so funny. it always makes me laugh because I, I feel like he was obviously like reinvented as Zlatan because in Europe he was just always Ibrahimovic. So yeah. whenever everyone's like Zlatan, I'm like, it's so funny to me that that's <laughs> like so that's how Americans like think of him. Okay, Luke four. Uh, my number four. I kind of just did a general of the like 2010, 2014 World Cups for the U.S. Just kind of the overall what it meant for I feel like the country embracing soccer. Uh, at least my age group, I think, really kind of. Cl- clung to it at that time. I think it was just a because both years we got to we got out of the group stage, if I remember right. Yep. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah. And so it was just like for us, that was a really big deal. And so you've got a lot of people like, you know, I'm 31, like kind of in my age that, you know, grew up being really into sports. Soccer was there. You know what it is, but it's not like your thing. But I just remember both of those kind of building on each other momentum wise. I feel like 2010 really set the table and then and got some hype going. And then 2014, it was like, oh, we just built on this hype. Yeah, you did really well. And for the first time, for me anyway, at least in like in normal Midwest Ohio, seeing people walking around with kits on and, mm-hmm. you know, flags, fly, like celebrating in the streets stuff, like for soccer, that was a huge deal here. Yeah. Um, you know, even though like people have gotten behind the crew and the crew won MLS Cup, you know, in two thousand, you know, earlier. and But that was just like a national there was like an awakening for soccer here, I think. And, and as kind of, you know, we had the disappointment recently, but it's kind of starting to propel, I think now, well, hopefully what the national team is continuing to build on. So I just kind of wanted yeah. to acknowledge like that whole era really is like, it yeah. was an awesome moment and we kind yeah. of really got to enjoy the fun of I, competing on a national or on an international level. I always said it was like really disappointing that he didn't make 2018 because that, 
would have made soccer yeah. like football huge in America because like you said it started with 2010 kind of thing yeah. and then 2014 it got even bigger and then I was like man if they had just made 2018 then then football would have been so much like bigger than sure. um, yeah. in America so that was a shame but you know you got you got well 20, that, that kind of brings me to a question for you Stu it's just like I was going to ask like your thoughts just overall on the national team right now and the landscape yeah, and what you well, think about it out of the darkness comes the light, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the, the the failure to qualify for 2018, to, to both of your points, was like a huge missed opportunity and yeah. also just kind of a, a wake-up call, I think, for many people here in the United States when it comes to soccer that, you know, we'd taken it for granted, but then right. also there was like this hubris associated with us in this region, but really globally, we're still a small player but now, you know, we're starting to see some of the fruits of all the investment in soccer in this country right. over the last 10, 15 years and becoming potentially what people, I think, thought it could become. Mm -hmm. And we have some of the best talents in global soccer right now, right. Pulisic at Chelsea and Reina yeah. at Dortmund. I mean, we have guys at Barcelona, Bayern Munich, um, Borussia Dortmund, Juventus, Chelsea, like big, big teams. Major and teams. Yeah. I think it has people feeling very excited not just about the 22 world cup but really the like the mothership is mm -hmm. like 2026 yeah. uh, when the world cup will be here in north america oh, i'm so excited yeah. us oh, and gosh. like so you're, you're talking about luke about like explosion moments and how soccer was growing like i expect and my hope is six years from now or five years from now in, in 2026 that you know, everybody's in soccer kits and there's like yep. this buzz, this electricity, totally. like parks are flowing with kids playing, um, you know, women's world cup will be the following, uh, yeah. year. And it's, I, I think they're just going to be bigger and bigger. And I, I cannot wait for, yeah. for that moment. I totally, this is the first time I can re remember just the amount of talent spread out across the world. Yeah. Like we've had pockets here and there, but for just there's just so much talent competing at the highest level right now that in young 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 guys too, yeah I've, is, I've told my friends it's okay to be excited about the team again because yeah, you know, we, we have the best women's burned. team in, in the world and yeah everybody feels that way they're yeah. like well, i don't know how to feel before it's like yeah. being in a relationship and a new relationship that you've been broken up with and burned in the past and they cheated on you and how yeah. can you trust this team again and so in many ways, like the, the U.S. men's team have to really regain that trust by yeah. performing in the biggest game. So I, I'm kind of excited for this year. It's going to be a really busy year and a lot of years where we're really going to find out measuring stick wise where the, where the men's team actually are. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about disappointment as American fans. What about England fans? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so you can so I covered England and <laughs> I did the England semifinal in Russia, actually, when you should have been really? Croatia. And yes. Trippier scores the early free kick and, you know, here you come and Croatia came back to win that game. Those damn it Croatians. It was such like a kind of like a ending for yeah. us, I think. Because yeah. it was so everything... fun before that. Yeah. It was so epic. I think it just felt home. like a bit of a yes. sad, yes. a sad <laughs> ending to it. It was just kind of flat, wasn't it? Hmm? Yeah. Anyway, my number four is uh, the Tottenham game that we went to just because it was fun to oh, take... Yeah. Like, you know, one, yeah. a bunch of Americans to Wembley and actually win and all be drinking pints and yeah. just just live in the dream, really. It's, it, it's the kind of thing you want from a football match that you're attending. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, I, <laughs> it's so fun. Just It's so different than sports here. Like, sports here, you know, have their own things that are amazing. But there's just something about, like, a whole town 
going to an event or being so, so into it's just the intensity is so different. I, I was going to say, I, I'd say that to any listener that like is a, you know, I, I tell friends, uh, British friends that come over, like we got, I'm not a big baseball fan. I don't mm. really like baseball. I don't follow it. But I was like, you got to go to a baseball game because yeah. you have yeah. to go and get the hot dogs and yeah, you got to yeah, get, yeah. get the beers between innings and you watch maybe 25 pitches, but you go nuts when somebody hits a homer and yeah. like for, for an American casual sports fan that goes to the uk you have to go see an english football match and you have to go get your full english breakfast you have to drink pints you have to go to the pub after you have to put your phone away and not look at anything other than the field or you will be yelled at by anybody around you because it's like religion it's like you're going to church for 90 minutes like you have to watch the game but it it really is treated that way in the country and it's uh it's like an experience yeah. that is it's so unique it's and it's so, it's so yeah. fun. Unique yeah. is the best way to say it for sure. Yeah, awesome. and especially if it's like major rivalry games as well, you know, having to filter out fans at different times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and don't, yeah, and don't so wear passionate. the wrong jersey in the wrong yeah. supporter section. <laughs> yeah, don't go to the wrong pub. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Stu, four for you. Uh, my, my fourth is going to be the Women's World Cup uh, mm. in 2019 where the women Amazing. won their fourth, uh, mm. fourth World so Cup. Good. And maybe just women's uh, the women's national team in general because I, I was yes. going to throw the 99 and Brandy Chastain in there. And... That was that was exciting for me to watch, but I was only 14 at that time. But now, I think why it means so much more to me now is having a daughter. I have a uh, five-year-old daughter, and I just want her to love soccer. And she had been interested in soccer and loves playing it, but really watching the women in that tournament and seeing girls that look like her that play like her man um it was so cool to me to see her like come to life and every morning want to tune in and put the tv on and watch the girls and talk about who the best players were or you know who the usa was playing today and then like being for and and this is you know any parent can relate seeing a i think she must have been three or three and a half four at that time like sit there for 90 minutes and not move that's (laughs) that's <laughs> virtually impossible. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I just think, and and you know, a, a number of them are are friends of mine. So I'm a little impartial Amazing. and biased sure. here, but uh, they're, you know, they they are incredible athletes, and what they've been able to do for women's soccer, but for for girls, I think nationally, um, is is been uh, really cool. So that's that's my fourth. That's a great one. I love that. I love that. I have that as three just in general. I know I did a generality in four too, but that's three just for like the U.S. women's national team and what it's meant to the country. And and it's an easy one to have in a top five just because it's so, I don't know, I think it's it's easy for stereotypically for men or whatever to view it as like a lesser or not as fun or something, but... I don't know how you could possibly watch them play and think anything other than this is the most impressive stuff, dude. I mean, it is just so awesome to watch them. There's so much talent, like just so much talent uh, with the U.S. women's team. And so, yeah, that I'll just build on that for my number three. But super epic, super epic. Yeah. And the, and they should be paid a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's, That's right. a whole other thing for sure. Yeah. Um, my number three is... Um, Actually, World Cup uh, 2018, when we won our penalties against uh, Colombia. Oh yeah, it's been a long them. time coming for a penalty oh, shootout. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> to get to to get to the quarterfinals. Um, if people don't know, England are historically bad at penalty shootouts. We forever lose on them. Um, so the second it was going Gareth. to, yeah, for the, se- for the second it went to penalties, I was like. 
this is the end. We're not even going to get to the quarters. Although I had put money on us getting to the semifinals. So, um, oh wow, good for you! I know, and I had Kane as the top scorer, so I made off with some money oh, yeah, that year. You did. But That's um, right. I. I just remember being like, this is the end. And I could bear, I couldn't even watch, could I? Luke? We all were sitting in Luke's uh, basement sports bar that he's in right now. Um, and I had my phone on recording because I, I couldn't bear to watch. And then when Dyer got his penalty and we just exploded because I just could not believe that we'd actually won a penalty shootout. Um, so I, I have a story about that, that shootout because I was on a train back from, we'd done a game the, that night and um, we weren't doing the England game because I think the other one with different cities so we we're on a train from st petersburg the high-speed train back to moscow amazing and the internet kept going in and out as it always does on trains like it's never reliable when you need it but one russian guy like on our train car had the game on his phone and it was like there there were all of our crew which was you know a traveling crew of six or seven and like everybody on the train was crowded a lot around this guy's phone and he's holding it he's out like, for yeah he's holding it out like this you know this i this small iphone and we're all watching and just going nuts because we knew what it meant it was columbia right um england columbia i, I believe and yeah it was, it, yeah. It was just it was a crazy experience. It still sticks in my head because everybody, there wasn't a single Englishman on there, but we were all going nuts because of just the drama and knew what yeah. historically was at stake for, for England. That's such a cool story to be on a train in Russia. Like yeah. all chugging Russian, beer, chugging Russian beers, I believe. I, Amazing. I'll see That's if epic. I can find the picture b- before the, uh, the show's over here because That's I have, uh, I have yeah, it on there. Yeah, that would be um, epic. My my third is um, MLS Cup 2006 for me with the Houston Dynamo. This this little poster behind Amazing. me. That's, so that's a, fair uh, one. that's a great headline, by the way. Dynamo. And we won this so uh, this this oh, championship ring here. Dang, oh, so they cool. give out championship rings. That's so American. Oh, yeah. I love it. Dang, that's um, epic. Because I was 19 years old and it was my rookie year. Wow. My rookie year in MLS, and I did not start the final. Um, and the game was zero zero. It was in the extra time, and my coach looks down the line at me, and and I, I we'd been practicing penalties for the last month of the playoffs, and I I was one of the better penalty takers, I believe, but I was still, I mean, our team was so good that year, um, and I was trying to work my way into the lineup, couldn't get in, and he was like, hey we're going to go to penalties here. Would you be comfortable taking one? I said, a hundred percent. Like, why else are we here? Like yeah. put me in the game. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to put you in five minutes before the game's over. So get warmed up. And then they scored the other team, the new England revolution score. And he like yells down at me. He's like, you're going in the game. So I run down, I get changed. I go in the game straight off the kickoff and we pass it to the right to Brian Mullen. He chips it up. And then my buddy, Brian Ching, scores like straight off the kickoff and it's one to one and i look at my coach i was like what do i do now like i thought i was just in here to take a penalty um (laughs) anyways the game game goes to penalties and uh i never forget we come into the huddle and the coach goes around and he's like all right here's my list like and he reads them through and he looks everybody straight in the eyes if you still want to take one because if you don't want to take it oh yeah he doesn't want you to take it you want to feel confident so he's like do you want to take a penalty and i Fuck yeah, I do. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if we can curse on here. Oh, yeah, or not. yeah, of course we're you can. Yeah. Uh, we do so, band dudes. We're, we're swearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I go up and uh, I was I wanted to go second because I felt like if the first guy missed, then there was less pressure on me. If he made it, it was still the same pressure. I don't know, psychology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he makes it. The other team make it. I go up and the goalkeeper, Matt Reese, 
the ball was like, uh, you know, out of the net and he like walks over to me and he throws the ball in my chest. Like he's this far from my face now and he puts it in my chest and he goes, where are you going to put it? You little bitch. No. I was like, oh shit! And, you know, I'm like really nervous now about to like psych you out. Oh, that's so yeah, he's, great. Yeah, he's psyching me out. So like, that's I put epic. the ball down on the spot and I walk back, and I just remember thinking, damn, like he's got me like second guessing. I normally smash the ball down the middle. Yeah. And I go to do my run up, and I see him at the last second, like not moving. Like he was staying in the middle, waiting to see where I was going to put it, and I. I like slice it, but like was trying to hit it to the right of him and I smash the ball and it goes in the top corner and it's in the back of the net. And I just remember being like, Oh my God, that I scored like awesome. And I oh ran back gosh. and I had this like celebration where I'm fist pumping and you know, uh, what at moment. that moment, I'm not going to lie. I, if we'd lost, I wouldn't have been as upset cause I made mine. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You did your job. Man, but, uh, yeah, we, awesome. we ended up winning and it was like, it was, uh, yeah, that, that wow. for me in my career, my first year as a pro was, uh, was one of the best moments of my life. So that comes in at number three. That's an yeah. awesome story. Cause I always want to know what like those interactions are like. You yeah. always want to hear yeah. the shit talking behind the scenes stuff and you don't and get that, that, that as a race is a, he's a friend of mine still like he we, we play him pick up soccer again we laugh about that moment all the time and oh, i was awesome. like bro whatever you did worked like i was lucky i made that because you psyched me out big time did he stay man. middle like was he gonna stay middle yeah he was gonna stay oh, middle man. which is where i was gonna shoot it wow. and he'd never seen me hit a penalty before because maybe so maybe year. him trying to psych you out actually helped you score because otherwise yeah. just go right down the shoot i think i thank him for it man wow man. what a story the psychology awesome. behind penalties because yeah obviously when you lose to penalties devastating but when you win from them what a triumph oh man yeah and, and that's the part of it like i tell uh you can practice penalties all you want but when you actually get in that moment you cannot recreate that feeling that feeling of yeah. pressure and i know i think gareth southgate i believe he, he worked really hard with the english team on so he had a psychologist work with them on penalties and he <laughs> had this whole it was all about routine so i remember like they you know, they'd all go up and they'd look a certain way and they put the ball down and they take X amount of steps back. Like he had it regimented in for them and to where it just kind of became automatic and they didn't think about the, the rest of it. Yeah, right. he was probably doing that because he didn't want anyone to relive what he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Learn from his mistakes for sure. <laughs> wow, Luke what a great too. story. That's uh, amazing two, story. Uh, I've got another Tottenham moment. It's hard to not have this at one, but the two, I think it was 2019 Champions League semifinal against Ajax where Lucas Mora scored yeah. a hat trick and a goal in like the late night. I think it was 90th with like five or six extra time I can't remember but it was the end the death and if he doesn't score we lose on aggregate and we Mm -hmm. ended up winning on uh on away goals and I was I had never you know I most of the teams I'm fan of in sports in general don't win things so I'm not used to to winning so it was just it wasn't even a final but it was just the moment it was just so humongous and yeah. it's just to go to the final and it, a hat trick late go, I mean you couldn't have made it a better story yeah, than no, that I, I remember it well it was, uh, Steve Nash is a good friend of mine yeah and that's, he's, uh, he's that's life, awesome he's lifelong a Spurs fan, Spurs fan and, uh, for sure we were covering the game together for, for uh, Turner on Champions League 
and yep, I remember that he was crying. He was he was full man. I remember him running around the studio. And, yeah, I believe if memory yeah he says. ran around the studio throughout the whole thing. He comes back in and I was like, "Are you crying, man?" And <laughs> you know, we went. We after that, we we carpooled together. We drove back to my house. We picked up beers on the way home and we sat there and drank. Oh, and he just couldn't. He couldn't. Like, this is like twelve o'clock in the afternoon now. You know, he just yeah. couldn't believe it. It was like a. And then we went to the Champions League final uh, yeah. in Madrid against Liverpool, which wow. didn't end well for you. The but handball still for him, really ruined that whole. Yeah, it was, and that uh, was a BS handball. It was a BS handball for sure. It was targeting yeah. the hand, and it was not. It was. Don't yeah. get me started. That's a whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that you got to do that with Steve. That's uh, I, I, I. He's one of my favorite personalities because I love. I mean, I like basketball and soccer, and obviously his Tottenham connection is so great. I, I love that. Yeah, That's he's so awesome. massive, massive soccer fan, and yeah, and now, and, and now a subpar coach. That's sorry, so crazy. Just, <laughs> I can't believe he's coaching that team. It's still surreal to me. Anyway, um, yeah, easy yeah. number two, epic moment. Fleur, what about you? I remember that because I remember being like, "Oh, they're going to go out in aggregate," yeah. and I think I switched it off, and then he, <laughs> you. I was done. Um, I mean, I never had, switch I mean, it I off was, to the end. I know, I, was, I know, but uh, I think I was I didn't so switch like, it off, no! but I was mentally done. That's for sure. I, I had yeah. conceded at that point mentally. So um, my Insane. number two, I'm going back to uh, Euro '96. Um, it was uh, still in the group stages. Um, one of the best goals, best goals scored of all time, and that is by uh, Paul Gascoigne. We were playing Scotland. Sorry, Stu. Um, epic, and, epic celebration, by the way. Oh, amazing. Um, it is one of the most unbelievable goals I've ever seen in my life. And I mean, I'm sure there's been similar since, obviously. Um, but I'll put the video up for everyone to see. Um, but he got past the ball, like a cross. He got a crossover and Paul Gascoigne hits it with his uh, left foot to volley it over the defender and then he smashes it in with his right foot off off his own volley. Um, and it, it was just the most unbelievable goal I've ever seen in my life. I mean, Gascoigne was one of the greats um, before the alcohol really yeah, got him blessed. What, what a genius Gascoigne was. And uh, that goal itself is like one of his most iconic for sure. Oh, that was so at iconic. Wem- was at Wembley, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and the, the like the sombrero over the defender and then smash it in. And then he just lays there on his back and like the water bottle. Everyone's and, just squirting water yeah, in his face. Amazing. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it just has, it's imprinted on every single English football fan's mind for all time because it was yeah. that bloody good. So I couldn't not put that in there because I just remember watching it and just being dumbfounded that someone had just created such magic. So yep. uh, that had to be my in my well, in my. Th- that's a derby, you know, England Scotland. My my number two yeah. is also a, a derby game, and it was uh, for Bolton against Blackburn. Um, big hated big hated rivalry, and this goal that I scored in this game was the best like feeling and goal that I've ever encountered i think in my life and it was you know just because of how much it meant for the fans but also for me and like the circumstances of the game we were down a man and we you know we we got back into this game we went ahead and then they equalized late and they were celebrating in our stadium and like 88th minute um the ball is hit long. I just ran straight forward from the kickoff right after they'd scored. So they're still celebrating. I ran forward. It gets flicked onto me. I chested it with my uh, uh, across my body and hit it with my left foot, which is not my stronger foot. And I smashed like the best shot I've hit and went in the back of the net. 
and like just pandemonium and oh we need to post some video of that yeah, yeah we'll definitely was, find it what year was that I, do you remember uh, what year two, it was? Oh, 2011 and okay. um i've i've posted about 900 times on my social <laughs> so Great. perfect i, I, I well, can well, easily well, send you the video yes, please um, do. amazing it, it's a moment i have no shame in reposting anytime somebody tags you should, have, like, you should it, have no shame at all yeah and and honestly it was it was like one of the best moments of my my life by far because what, as soon as the ball hits the back of the net or it comes off your foot you know it's in and then you're getting dragged by your teammates. And I, again, I, I speak of those blackout moments. All I can, I can still picture that moment like ingrained in my mind where the fans are screaming, but I can't see anything. And I've, I've just like, I don't Man. know what is happening. It's like an out of body experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, actually really uh, cool a, a fan recently from bolton sent me this print and it's like a print of i, I just got it back today from the uh, frame shop but it's it's like a, a map of the goal so like how the pass came oh, it's all done by, cool. by dots those. and stuff yeah yeah i've seen those. Amazing. those yeah. awesome. and then Man, uh, i got it framed cool. with the picture of the goal underneath so it was well no uh, wonder it, you're it a legend out. there that's a that's a legend <laughs> cementing moment for I sure i believe they used to chant stew sa so oh, <laughs> that's awesome well, that's my, my, other chant, my other chant for bolton which i can't repeat often was uh, they used to say he's here he's there he's fucking everywhere <laughs> oh i love chants chants are the best i do too I man i miss being in, in a crowd <laughs> Oh, no kidding. Uh, well, okay, that leads me to my number one. one. I The only regret I have is not being able to see it in person, but the crew MLS Cup run this year is easily uh, number one for me. I, I think I mentioned it, but long story short, like got into the crew because a buddy of mine had been chirping in my ear to support forever. And I've always lived in Columbus, but never really cared about MLS that much. And, and then, uh, you know, the team was going to get moved and he was like, you've got to get on the bandwagon to support this movement. So I was like, okay, I'll, uh, for, for anyone that doesn't know, there was a huge movement called save the crew, uh, to keep our team in our city. And so I told him, I was like, I'll do everything to help support that movement. And then if we can keep the team, I'll be a diehard, I'll go all in. And so I bought season tickets at the moment we were able to, that we were saved. And it was just an epic moment. So all of that collecting to this cup run that we just had, if there's not a 30 for 30 movie about this, the crew situation, man, I'm going to be bummed because I, I was there. Insane. I, Were you there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you call it? You did. Yeah. I, I called that game. Actually. I thought you yeah. did. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you and, about that. Um, you know, the, the, I think you set it up well, just the, what it meant to, to the city, to the fans, to people from Columbus that, yeah. you know, yeah. went through what they did to keep the team there to then have this epic run. And also now in the lead up to a new stadium and new investment. And yeah. it, it's, it's kind of one of American soccer's greatest stories. Um, and it, it's, it's a, it's, I'm so glad that that team and the crew will still be yeah. in the city of Columbus and, and like credit to the fans that went through what they did to, to keep it there. You know? Yeah. For being a college I, so football town, the, the ability for everyone to, to rally like that did, it, it just, you could feel it everywhere. It was such a huge thing for the city. And I hope, and I think it will continue as we go into the new stadium. And, and, you know, I got to go to the groundbreaking, which was super awesome uh, for the new stadium. And so, you know, I just think like having it downtown, being in the heart with owners that 
truly care about it. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not going to put you on the spot to talk about that whole situation, but the uh, <laughs> we're really excited to have ownership that really cares about being here and and is putting into it. And so I think it's just going to be an awesome, just I don't know, just the fact that we to win the cup after all of it, it is truly like a fairy tale moment. It does not make yeah. any sense. So yeah, that's wild. We're just super pumped, and that's an easy, easy number one. And it sucks that we weren't able to be there, but I mean, some people were, but we weren't there. But got to watch it on Zoom with all my buddies, and we all, you know, we all did it together. So it was epic. It, nice. it was, it was that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. How how do you feel about that, Stu? Because in my mind, obviously, it's it's an odd one for me that someone could just up and move a team. Um, obviously, we don't need to go into specifics, but do you find that's like a strange? Because obviously, if you're you're never going to be able to move Bolton Wanderers down to like where the Arsenal are. Do you know what I mean? Like what, yeah, your team no. is where you, your team. So it was very strange for me. It's it's a it's a fascinating part of American soccer landscape yeah. versus the the United Kingdom where like you you struggle to find a piece of land where there's not a football team. Um, but but also <laughs> in the U.S. It, it requires at, at the major league soccer level a significant amount of investment in the team. Okay. And, um, you know, the previous ownership group didn't feel that Columbus was the right market and they didn't, you know, they wanted to get it to Austin. Uh, little did they know that if you actually invested in that team in said city and put uh, uh, adequate resources and, you know, paid attention to the product, it could be something Huge, really awesome. Yeah. And I, I think we're going to see that with Columbus in the new stadium and the momentum from winning that if you put a good product on the field and, yeah. you know, you put money into really connecting with the city that it's a, to your point, Luke, it, I, and I know this from my wife very well and her family that Columbus is a, is a university town. It's the, yeah. it's the Ohio state it university. Is. And, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like the, the, the crew were almost secondary as well as the, uh, is it the Blue Jackets, yeah, I believe? Blue Jackets, and everything yeah. is but, secondary to... <laughs> but the, the crew are in there and soccer is a mainstream yeah. sport now. So yeah. it's, yeah. I think it's awesome. that And Columbus itself is a booming city. So mm -hmm. it's... Uh, it's I don't see good. any reason that it won't continue to grow. It's not like I think people get so down if it's not a full stadium every time. And it's like we're we're getting there we're not quite there it is you know at the end of the day it's it's a like you said it's a college football town but there's clear like i mean the blue jackets can sell out games the crew can sell out games there's room for it you just have to care about it and i think yeah. the care yeah. that the haslams are putting into it is going to pay out especially with the new stadium and the i mean the culture that bez has brought in as the as the gm yeah. and team president 100%. and all that so yeah, yeah we're pumped we're pumped here we're pumped about our crew. That's for sure. Um, okay. My number one, I have spoken about this before, um, but it's so iconic that I can't not speak about it. And it was in 2001. Um, it's England versus Greece. We're doing our qualifiers for the 2002 World Cup. We're basically out at this point. If we don't get a draw, at least, then we're out and we're not going to make it to the World Cup. We're just out. Um, and Greece are beating us at this point. I think they're beating us 2-1. Um, we're in stoppage time, so it's ninety, the 93rd minute or something. I mean, like, the last seconds. And David Beckham takes a free kick and pummels it into the top corner of the net. The entire country loses their shit um, because we've actually made it to the World Cup. We just couldn't believe it because we're literally like... Because England fans, like I said with the Tottenham thing, I switched it off because I'm like, oh, this is the worst. Once it hits 90th minute and we're looking like we're out, we're, we're like so pessimistic that we're like, well, this is it, this is over. And for David Beckham to come back after the disgrace of like the 
the 98 World Cup <laughs> um, and be the reason that we actually qualify was just unbelievable. The goal yeah. is, is so it's ridiculous. It's an incredible I can't, goal. can't believe he got yeah. it in. It's like one of those moments that you, you think is just made up, like it was just made for mo- for a movie because it was yeah, so unbelievable. It totally is. The sh- shaved head David Beckham, I think, at that time, if I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, you know, he, he bends it up over the wall from a mile out. And oh, it was, you're right, it's like the last kick, last kick of the game. And that, that'll was, be yeah. in many people's top one, I, I would guarantee. And yeah. I grew up a Man United fan. I grew up a David Beckham fan. And then got to play against Beckham actually when he played for the Galaxy, wow. which was yes. uh, That's a awesome. moment for me, uh, kind of staring across the field and you know, and then you know, getting tangoed with him. But yeah, that that moment itself was <laughs> was so cool. That's awesome. I, it was. It just will stay with me forever because I remember just sitting in my living room and being so sad, and then him scoring it and me just losing it. And I was obviously still living at home because I was so young. And my mom just being like, "What's happened?" <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> I just couldn't we'll never get over that moment because it was so unbelievable the timing everything so yeah so, that uh, was my number one my my number one moment was from the 2010 World Cup uh, Landon Donovan's goal shot heard around the world oh, yeah. and it might surprise some people I guess because I was on the bench for this moment um, I wasn't actually on the field of play but I guess it also ties back to what we were talking about at the beginning how the world cup for me as an experience for a yeah. six-week block i don't consider it individual games was you know the best experience uh of of my life and i remember it so vividly because we're playing algeria it was a tie game but if we won and we beat them we went to to the next round uh, to the round is uh the next round of the uh, after the group stage but not only that we won the group we would have finished ahead of england and like the clock was ticking algeria had another shot tim howard picks up the ball and then like as soon as he throws it out it was one of those feelings where like i'm on the bench but i'm up off the bench now and i'm starting to creep down to the corner fly because i saw the play like developing and then it comes across uh josie squares it clint shoots it goalie saves it and then i see landon about to finish it and i'm at this point like three quarters of the way down the sideline like sprinting and landon puts it in the back of the net and him and i make like eye contact as he's running to the corner flag and he does like a head first slide and i did a head first slide and it's almost like a perfect movie moment we'd have been making out at the end (laughs) um because we just like we smashed heads into each other and then like it was a dog pile and you know, it was just ecstasy and euphoria and people just going nuts because we knew we'd just won and we knew that we'd be in the next, uh, we'd qualify from the group. And then like that kind of sets in because you're in the moment and you know, you've done this. And we we had all this reflection on the field and we're watching the goal again. We get back to the hotel and our coach, Bob Bradley was like, Hey, I just want to show you guys something. So he pulls up this YouTube clip that was a compilation of all the celebrations from bars around the united states oh yeah they call it the shot heard around the world and um it was like we just sat there as a team for like nine minutes watching this youtube compilation just all of us just goosebumps and kind of recognizing that like when that ball hits the back of the net like 30 40 million people are celebrating back in the u.s and gosh it was um it was it was really really awesome moment to have been a part of and and for me it will 
you know, just I think of what it meant globally. Well, not globally, but you know, here in the U.S. And just for me personally, it's a moment I'll, I'll carry with uh, me forever. So unbelievable! That's an awesome one. Awesome. I can't wow. even imagine. Like, like the I get so invested in world in like the World Cup. I can't even imagine like being on a team and actually being <laughs> the a part magnitude, of it. The magnitude of it is, is just. Yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine what that feeling is. So Goodness. amazing. That's so Unbelievable. Cool. Well, that well, thanks was, for that sharing was... that moment with us, man. That's yeah. awesome. What a great story. Um, a we'll end story. With... Probably we'll be that let... one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end with uh, a few questions um, yeah, that no got problem. sent in. Um, someone said, who do you think the best football player of all time is? Soccer player of all time Ooh. is? Ooh. Tough question. Oh. That's tough such question. a tough question. For me and Shira. I'm... <laughs> I, I, I want to say... Uh, it could be a personal you know, favorite, not just, you I think know, it's, actually... Yeah, I think now. there's like four names, really. You know, there's Pelé, there's Maradona, there's Messi, there's Ronaldo, really, yeah. For, yeah. For, for me. Um, I grew up in this, in, as we all did, in the Messi-Ronaldo era. Mm -hmm. So I, having been able to see these guys and uh, up close and personal, I think, you know, Pelé, who actually has a documentary coming out about him, I, I and... I'm just fascinated by all of these guys and what makes them work and what makes them tick. And, um, you know, Pele is so different from Maradona who recently passed away, which is it's so tragic because he's just such a, a genius. And if you haven't seen Maradona's documentary, you have to watch it. It's incredible. Hand um, of God. <laughs> yeah. And the hand yeah. of God. So England fans <laughs> might want to look away. <laughs> but I, I'm going to go with Messi. I, I, I'm such a fan of Messi and the way he, Same. Uh, and and being able to watch him up close and personal and seeing the way he just carries himself and how effortless it is and just how talented he is he's just a little genius and um i i'm gonna say by the time he's done he's he's the greatest player of all time and yeah. i know he won't have won a world cup and that's that's completely okay for me i think especially I with wonder... his physique and everything it's just such a different comparison yeah. to like a ronaldo who's so athletically I just, strong and built yeah and i just wonder who the like the next round of do you know what i mean because yeah. messi and ronaldo are obviously pretty close mbappe. probably to retirement <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah yeah probably Honestly, mbappe yeah <laughs> good call actually yeah. i'm just like i wonder who the next like he's on the track so that's that, for sure but, it's hard to argue yeah. what he's doing but um okay let's see who else we got we got uh someone wanted to know if you have a favorite sport other than soccer uh, or do you follow much other sports? Are you pretty much just all yeah, consumed? I, I could go on a whole rant about being multi-sport athletes. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I grew up playing golf, tennis, rugby, soccer, uh, basketball. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of all sports. And I, I think I, I want to encourage my kids to play as many as they can. Love it. Uh, I would say my, my secondary sport right now to watch like as a fan would be uh college football mm, and good one yeah i went to clemson so clemson are pretty good yeah this was a tough one for <laughs> i know you this year. we got yeah. the ohio state thing. We, the one time we come out on top is when i get to talk to it, you which is excellent it turns <laughs> it turns our house upside down every time clemson play ohio state oh, my gosh. wife and i like don't talk to each other for a week so you've yeah. had a lot of the upper hand over the last few I years know. so we're happy it's to get so one nice. we're happy to get one secretly i was happy that ohio state won this last one so my wife didn't get mad that's fair. That's fair. It's got to um, give her following, one. Following on from that, I, we got what's a sport you want to be good at, but you're just not? <laughs> Is there something you've tried to play and you've been terrible? Yes, yes. I, it's, a, it's a sport that I would say I'm okay at, but I would love to be a lot better at. It's golf. Um, oh, you're talking to golf, golf guy. people that's here. My, yeah, that's so my thing. I, I'm, a, I'm a like, I don't know, uh, 10, 9, 10 handicap. Yeah. And, 
I want to be able to be like I play with scratch golfers, and I just it's so annoying because it's I just, hate to be that so guy, good. but I'm a scratch, and it's yeah. Uh, so it's, I uh, wouldn't want to play with you. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's it's t- it's you feel a different pressure because you feel like every shot has to be great or everyone's just yeah. oh scratch like wow really exactly cool. yeah and everybody gets strokes against you so that's yeah. great it's, I not, I yeah. for the first time this is a true story like four days ago I just got fitted for clubs so I did the full like full went fitting. and I got proper shafts and like yeah. everything nice. so I'm, you're right. Now you're going to be great. Better here. I'm determined. My brother, my brother's determined to overtake me he while is. I have my first kid. So uh, he's going to be uh, out there golfing while I'm taking care of a little kid all the time. So he's going to pass. Yeah, you're going to be sure. off the course for a little bit. I know. Bit, I'm not. I'm not pumped. <laughs> not pumped about that aspect of it. Um, um, let's finish with yeah, the, finish who you're going to be one. cheering for in the Euros. Are you going to be supporting Scotland or because England are winning playing Scotland again? Uh I will be rooting for Scotland 100 million percent. It is so <laughs> exciting to see them at a major tournament uh, for the first time, I think, since, uh, was it uh, France, maybe? France 98? France I th- I 98, maybe, yeah. Um, and so I'm wow. very pumped to see Scotland, and I know it probably is not going to go very well, but they will be fighting, and the fans, I hope, will be in uh, in numbers there, and you know, hopefully that everybody's. I mean, I'm and assuming you. And- yeah, I'm. If you obviously get to go, that's going to be at Wembley, the England versus Scotland. So hopefully you get to go yep. and you get to be there for that. That will be amazing. And controversially, I think. I, if, if Scotland are not in, I will root for England. My dad was born there, and I, yeah. I feel okay saying that. Like, yeah, I don't know. Some some you know some English fans will not root for Scotland no matter what, and some Scots are passionate about. We hate England. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't mind. I like the English. So if if uh, if no USA or whoever in there, like, come on, England, like, go go get it. You know, I'm uh, so excited that kicks off awesome. in June for all those people listening. Um, Yep, that's it. That's amazing. Thank, Thank you, for you for joining for the us time. today, so How fun. about that? My my son just heard that. He just started that. fussing. Look at oh, that. Right? Look at that for recording. timing. That He's for like, timing? hey, I'm awake, guys. What's his name? <laughs> What's this your is Remington. Remington. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, Remy and Kenna. We got the. I got the that's two great. of them in the- he just took a two-hour nap, so he's cruising. Oh man! Well, thank time you for the time. Time gap. Start playing was, some football. <laughs> yeah, some epic stories, man. That was so amazing fun. stories. Yeah, no, I could only guys. dream of having those kind of stories because oh, they're awesome. so special. So awesome. amazing to hear they're, someone. They're all dreams for me now. It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Okay. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Have Bye. a great rest of the day. Bye. See ya.